You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 29th. This is a bonus episode of the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. In just a moment, we are going to hear from South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer as he joins 24-7 Sports National College football reporter Brandon Marcello for an in-depth discussion on his first season and the Gamecocks heading into next year. So without holding you any longer, here is Brandon Marcello with Shane Beamer. I first wanted to just jump into the tremendous job you guys have been doing in recruiting following this. I know a lot of people call it a surprise season, winning seven games. It's certainly a strong debut, but the recruiting has certainly followed up, and especially the transfer portal. I know everybody wants to talk about Spitzer Radler and Austin Stogner coming from OU, but what other pieces were you able to add through the portal that makes you feel really good as you go forward in this offseason? Appreciate you saying that for one. You know, the biggest thing is is looking at it from where we have needs from a depth standpoint, roster management standpoint. And and a lot of that it goes back, Brandon, to December in the early signing period with high school young men. And, you know, I'll use the example of defensive end slash pass rusher. And then the running back position, those were two critical positions for us in high school recruiting. And frankly, we didn't get it done. We didn't sign a single high school running back uh, in the month of December. And we didn't sign anybody that we look at and say, that's going to be our a defensive end pass rusher for us. And there's different reasons for that. We weren't going to take a guy just to take it. I mean, we had the guys that, that uh, the t- at the top of our board that we went after and didn't get them for whatever reason. So we have, certainly have to be better there going forward. But at that point, you say, okay, we've, we've got an issue at running back because Kevin Harris and Zaquandre White are leaving. So we need to increase the depth at the running back position. And we were able to do that by going out and, and uh, uh, getting tr- Christian Beal Smith, a transfer from Wake Forest here, which we're, who we're excited about. An older guy, has a lot of experience, great special teams player. Uh, Lavoisier Carroll from Georgia uh, to come in and give us another weapon uh, at the running back position. And then at that defensive end pass rush position, Terrell Dawkins from NC State is somebody that we brought in. Uh, you look at the wide receiver position, we needed to increase the competition in depth there. Getting Antoine Juice Wells from James Madison here was huge for us. And at defensive back, Devonnie Reed coming in from Central Michigan, who had a really productive career uh, at Central Michigan. We lose a lot of playmaking ability and a lot of leadership with Jalen Foster graduating off of our team and moving on to the next level. So to be able to be able to get Devani in here, that fills a need. And, and we're not done. I mean, we got to continue to increase the depth at a lot of positions, but we were really able to specifically target areas that were immediate uh, needs for us. And, and so far, so good. All those guys are here right now uh, going through spring practice, practice, except for Austin Stogner. He's finishing up some classes at Oklahoma uh, online, but everybody else is here and I've and, uh, really been pleased with them all so far. You brought in four four-star kids, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, in this transfer portal, and you've mentioned several of them already, but the one that really interests me is Antoine Wells, a receiver. What does he bring to that room for you and on the field? He brings some dog to the room, if that makes sense, in a, in a positive way. I mean, he's got a, he's got a great competitive spirit about himself. 
he has a lot of confidence and, and he's extremely competitive and he's really, I think he's raised the intensity of that receiver room already just with the way that he yeah. works and competes. I mean, the guy just loves to, loves to be on the practice field, you know, whether it's offense, whether it's special teams, whatever. I mean, he just, he wants to work. He told me when I came here, he's like, coach, I'm coming because I, I want you to hold me accountable. You know, I want to be great and hold me accountable on and off the field and make sure I'm doing that. And he's, uh, he's played a lot of football at James Madison. He was very productive, you know, just continues to, to add depth uh, to that receiver room, but he was, he was highly sought after when he went in the portal and uh, thankful that he ended up here. So now, now I'm going to get into Spencer Rattler talk, which everybody you know across the country just wants to know about, just the casual observers. So you obviously want to kind of have a quote-unquote you know, competition, a quarterback. You don't want to just say this guy's a starter, but I mean, we I'd be fooling myself. I didn't say that everybody expects him to be the starter from the outside looking in. How is he performing for you so far this spring and when you have him on the field, I'm not discounting what you had previous years and what you have right now, but how different is it on the field right now when you got Spencer Rattler out there? I think it's it's a lot different. And a lot of that, I'd say, Brandon, is just because of the experience that he has at the quarterback position. And, you know, if you look back at us last year, you know, Luke Doty going into the season was going to be our starting quarterback. And Luke was really a freshman in so many ways from a quarterback standpoint. And then, you know, Zeb Nolan obviously was an older guy and had experience, but not a ton of experience here at South Carolina, obviously. And then Jason Brown didn't have any experience at the power five level because he had been at St. Francis. So I think Spencer automatically, you know, has, has improved that quarterback room and the, and, and on the field just because, I mean, the guys want to, he's won a big 12 championship as a starting quarterback and he's played in a lot of big games. He won a cotton bowl and, and beat Florida, you know, as a starting quarterback and he's been through a lot of battles. So there's, there's not a whole lot that he hasn't seen or done. He's been through a lot in his career going all the way back to high school and then his time yeah. at Oklahoma. Oh, so I'm, you know, really pleased with what he's done so far. He's uh, he's done a great job of just, you know, being a part of the team and 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 letting that happen naturally on the field. Continuing to do a great job of, you know, learning what we do on offense, and also, you know, being able to find things that he was comfortable doing at Oklahoma that he liked that we wanted to, you know, incorporate into the offense as well, and at the same time competing with all those other quarterbacks. Low, you know, Luke Doty's continuing to get healthier and healthier, and it's fun watching him get back out there. And, yeah. and Colton Gauthier, who was a true freshman for us last year, and watching him improve, and, and Braden Davis, who we signed that graduated high school early. You know, getting all those guys reps in practice, and they're all making each other better and, and that's been um, that's been pretty cool to see too so when everybody thinks of Spencer Riley they just think of that Lincoln Riley OU offense and then so how do you what's the offense going to look like at OU how or excuse me from OU to South Carolina if Riley is a starter is there you say mixing some things in that he's accustomed to but is there an evolution I guess underway with this offense uh, for you guys with or without Spencer you always look you know this you always look back at you know, what you did the previous season here. So 2021 for us offensively, you know, what did we do well? How do we continue to do that well and even and get even better at it? What did we not do well? You know, is it something schematically? Is it something personnel wise? Are we doing something that maybe we're just not very good at doing? And and so you always self-scout and analyze. And then every single season, you always want to have an offense that's flexible enough to, you know, to fit, fit 
the personnel that you have and, and getting your best players on the field and doing what we do, what they do best. And I feel like we have that with our offense. So we would have certainly made some uh, tweaks and, and adjustments and scheme changes here and there to the offense, whether Spencer had come in or not. Now that Spencer's, you know, here, you know, and he's getting the majority of their ups as our quarterback right now. You always want to have things that that quarterback's comfortable doing. And, and there's certainly things that we're doing in our offense that Spencer hadn't really done before. Getting under center and taking a five-step drop. I don't know if he ever did that at Oklahoma. And I, like we, 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 when I was at Oklahoma with Spencer, I mean, he got under center some, but it was majority of the time was like in short yardage goal line situations um, down on the goal line or something like that, not in the open field and taking a five-step drop and throwing the ball downfield. Yep. I mean, we're doing things like that that he's got to learn. But then there's certainly things that we do here that that or he that he did at Oklahoma that he wanted to you know felt comfortable with things that he liked to throw certain concepts and and we were doing a lot of it already I mean we have a we have plays in our offense that came from Oklahoma that I did when I was there that we like we have a play in our offense called Boomer we have a play in our offense called Sooner we have a play in our offense called CD after CD Lamb we have a play in our offense called Kyler after Kyler Murray so I mean we've got things that he had already been doing at Oklahoma, but then there's certainly, you know, some concepts that they were doing that maybe we weren't doing that Spencer really liked. And he's talked to our offensive staff about it. I mean, he threw a a play in practice the other day and uh, I knew it was going in and we call it climb, you know, at Oklahoma, he called it something else. And we, he threw the pass and and hit a big play uh, down the field to one of our receivers. And he turned to me and he's like, you know, that was, and he called it the play that we had at Oklahoma and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, then I gave him the signal for it because I don't remember what the signal was for it at Oklahoma. So just little things like that, but you would do that with any quarterback. But again, that's trying to do the things that he's comfortable with and, and, uh, and then continuing to evolve. Is he a program changer? Does he change just everything for yeah, you? I mean, I mean, I think, he changed things at OU. I mean, yeah, no, I think um, the fact that he, him coming in, he didn't need a big introduction. I mean, everybody knew who he was because of what he had been done in high school, what he did at Oklahoma as well. You know, so in his his talent, he's extremely talented. He really is. I mean, he's he can make some throws where you're just like, wow. And and the fact that he could have gone anywhere in the country and chose to come to South Carolina, I think in a lot of ways is a program changer just from a perception standpoint of maybe how people on the outside see South Carolina, that Spencer could have called up any coach in the country and, and could have gone there uh, if they had a quarterback situation that they needed a quarterback. And, and not many people are going to turn Spencer Howard now, even if you do have a quarterback. Right. Uh, but he chose to come here. And I think that opened up a lot of eyes uh, across the country fans, media, high school recruits. So certainly program changing in that way in a lot of ways. But also Spencer will be the first to tell you he's one guy. He's a great young man. He hasn't come in here, you know, beating his chest. And I'm Spencer Rattler and wanting to be treated differently. He's literally come in and just tried to be one of the guys. And and our players respect that. And, and uh, you know, seeing him out there at practice, you'd think he'd been here for a couple of years. Um, he's just very, he's very just worry about what he can control and continue to try and get better. We'll hear more from Shane Beamer and Brandon Marcello when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, you win seven games last year. That that was exceeding expectations from the outside looking in. And then you go into this year, you add some talent. And so, of course, people just want you to take another step forward, win eight, nine games. I mean, but I think it's difficult for fans and even media for us to understand. It legitimately is when you're a coach or player you're legitimately like just focus on like day-to-day stuff and you're planning but you're not trying to think well look at the schedule we could do this because you're always evolving and changing but how do you follow up a season where you did exceed expectations to a point now where oh man if they don't win eight games this year maybe that's a little bit of a disappointment just because of the foundation that was set in year one no it's a good question something i've thought a lot about it is goes back to what you said. I mean, it's very much just worry about the process and worrying about what you can control. Um, and for us, it's just having great spring practice. You know, um, just finish practice as we do this interview uh, tomorrow. Let's have a great day of meetings, walkthroughs, and a lift. And then when we get back out there in two days, another great practice. And just trying to keep getting a little bit better each day. But but we've talked about it as a team, and it's true. We made some great strides in year one, and there's a lot of things that we didn't do well last year. There are certainly areas that we need to improve. And, and we've spent a lot of time talking about it with our players. I mean, we, we like a lot of teams, have a you know plan the win of the things, five things that we need to do each and every Saturday to win football games. And we spent a lot of time going back and looking at that because a lot of those, we we did not do a great job of, you know, week in, week out last year and, and really just finding what are, what, are, what are some of the, I'm curious, what are some of those things that you didn't think you guys did a great job with? Uh, for us, you know, we talk about like a lot of teams, I don't think it's any earth shattering. We talk about running the ball and stopping the run and we weren't very good. We finished the season in a good note running the ball, but we weren't very good at it consistently enough. Didn't do a great job of stopping the run. We improved. You know, I think South Carolina in 2020 was last or next to last in stopping the run. Uh, we improved, but not where we needed to be. I think if you look at us, Brandon, the, the one that's frustrating is we led the SEC last year in takeaways. Our defense, nobody in the SEC created more turnovers than our defense did last season, but our offense turned it over more than any team in the SEC. That's hard to do to be first and last uh, in that. So we, not that we did it before, but we went back and said, okay, we talk about ball security all the time. We do ball security circuits. We emphasize it. You know, we didn't do a great enough job of it. And that's not just running backs holding the ball. That's quarterbacks not throwing interceptions. I mean, that's everything. Uh, it's, that's all 
offensive line, blocking the right people so the quarterback doesn't get hit in the back. That's the quarterback calling the right plays so we're protected and all that stuff. But, you know, that um, we may play smart football for us is, is penalties. And, and first few games, I think the first six games, we were one of the worst teams in the SEC in penalties. The last half of the season, we were one of the best. I mean, I think we cut our penalties in half from the second half of the season to the first half of the season. You know, so seeing where there's areas to improve like that, really emphasizing it, and then just making sure our guys understand that all the work that went into going from two wins to seven wins, that was awesome. Awesome. And there's a lot that we can do better. But that next step going from seven wins to the next step, whether it be eight, nine, 10, and, and beyond, that's even harder uh, yeah. because, you know, there's uh, our schedule is not getting any easier. And, you know, understanding all the work that has to be done to get back to where we were last year and then take that next step as well. It just doesn't happen because you've got a lot of returning pieces. Like every team's different. And we certainly got a lot of returners, but there's a lot that we lost off last year's team as well. I know I talked a lot about the transfer portal, but who among the newcomers, the freshmen, are you going to have an immediate impact that you foresee or at least maybe you hope will have an immediate impact? You know, just thinking from a, from a defensive standpoint at the, at the defensive line, you know, position, that's one area where we have a lot of depth, but at the, that defensive tackle, you know, Zach Pickens coming back was huge for us. And yeah, we lose Jabari Ellis, but the majority of that group comes back, you know, so we've got some older guys there, but we got some young guys that are pushing them. Uh, DeAndre Martin is somebody that we're really excited about on the defensive line. That's a true freshman going through spring practice right now. You know, Donovan Westmoreland, uh, he just continues to, to make plays in practice defensively. You know, he was a guy that was kind of a, kind of recruited as an edge outside linebacker type guy that, you know, has the ability to play potentially on the edge, but also be an inside linebacker. And, um, you know, Brad Johnson returns for us, Sherrod Green, Mo Caba. Uh, they played a lot of football for us last year. Sherrod was a starter until he got hurt against Georgia and broke his leg, but he returns. But that's an older group without a lot of depth. And, and Donovan has come in and, and, and done a nice job, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's hard to say right now through five practices, but with all of our with all of these guys, those are a couple that, you know, stand out, but at every position, I mean, we're about competition and we tell our guys, I mean, if you can come in, I don't care if you're a senior, junior, freshman, sophomore, walk on, transfer, scholarship from South Carolina, out of South Carolina, you're dependable and 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 you can help us win. We're going to find a role for you and you're going to be out there. And so everybody gets an opportunity and, and uh, excited to watch these freshmen continuing to just get better and continue to progress here in spring practice. You and I chatted about a year ago this time, and we were talking about recruiting and how trying to get Carolina back into that that space of where, you know, you're getting like top 15, top 10 type classes, which you were, we, we got accustomed to seeing there during your time as an assistant. And so going into to the 2023 cycle here, I know it's, it's early yet. You look at recruiting rankings and all that stuff, but where do you think you guys can be, you know, when you come through December and then February through the second signing day, can you be back in that top 15, top 10 realm potentially? Yeah, I mean, I would hope. Um, when we talked about it last year, I probably 
Sid, that we have all the resources we need here to be successful and we have uh, the things that prospects are looking for. And, and I believe that even more wholeheartedly now after being here for a year, when you talk about the state of South Carolina, you talk about the city of Columbia, you talk about the academics at this awesome university, you talk about other sports programs and what they're doing here. And women's basketball is winning at the highest level and and playing in the SEC and, and looking out my office window right there at an amazing stadium on Saturdays. And this football facility that we have is as good, if not better than anywhere in the country. So it's been really cool because when we did that interview last year, high school prospects weren't allowed on our campus yet. Yeah. So we didn't even get kids here until last June. So we've had a lot of traffic traffic being visitors recruiting laws that have come through here since last June. And, you know, we really made a, a strong emphasis on uh, getting a head start on the class of 2023 last year at this time, like a lot of schools do, but don't, don't get me wrong. I know everybody does, but for us, it was, you know, when you get hired in, in December and your staff really not as isn't, isn't intact until January, you're kind of playing catch up with the class of 2022s because, you know, your full staff isn't intact until January, February and signing day is 11 months later, 10 months later. And we had a heck of a signing class. I'm excited about the guys that we put together in a short period of time, but I really think you'll see the fruition of that with the signing class in December, because we we have been working on those guys uh, longer than what we had last year to sign the class of 2022, if that makes sense, you know, yeah. just because it's a full year here. So I'm excited. I mean, just like our, our schedule isn't getting any easier, the, pe- the teams we have to recruit against, you know, it's not getting any easier as well. Uh, but that's what you sign up for when you're in the SEC. And we got a great place to recruit to here at South Carolina. And what we did on the se- on the field last year certainly opened some eyes. And uh, there's a lot of energy and excitement about South Carolina football right now, and rightfully so. And, and there's a ton of high school prospects that see that and feel that. And the more we can get them on campus, uh, the better for us. Big thanks to Shane Beamer for joining Brandon Marcello on today's bonus episode of the College Football Daily. Spring practice is currently underway for the Gamecocks as they look to build off last year's 7-6 and record and Duke's Mayo Bowl victory in 2022. For Brandon Marcello and Shane Beamer, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow here on the College Football Daily.